If you were to visit one of the holy shrines of the Muslims, where would it be and why? Well, this is quite a difficult one, but I have to say, I would go to Lady Zainab. Um, either where? Or, in Damascus or well, in Egypt? <laughs> so I've certainly been to the shrine of Lady Zainab in Cairo. Um, and, and whenever I speak about Lady Zainab, people always say, where is she buried? I'm not sure, quite frankly, because there's some good arguments for, for, for Egypt and some good arguments for Damascus, not good arguments for Medina. That, that one cancelled. Uh, I, would, I would probably head for Damascus rather than to Cairo. Um, and, and I always say to people, even if I was wrong, even if she's buried somewhere else, the spirit of Lady Zainab is what matters, that, that you, you encounter her spirit in some way. Um, you know, her, in, in her example. So much as I love Fatima, much as I love Hussein and Ali, I would, I would, go, to, I would go to Lady Zainab because I have an affinity for Lady Zainab. She, she, there's something about her that, that attracts me. She is, she is the aunt that everybody wants, an aunt who is filled with courage and wisdom and good sense. And, and that's what she was to Zainal Abedin, of course. So, so I, would, I would go to her and I would take my chances and go to Damascus. Damascus, I want to say this. Uh, I want to say that, you know, uh, the Mufti of, of Damascus, the Mufti of Syria, actually, uh, uh, said that, you know, as he was a student and, and he, he had actually become very popular, a very, very popular speaker. Um, and, and this video is available online. You've probably seen it. He said, one day I went to the area of Seda Zainab I, as I was there and there was so many people. He said, I've never seen a crowd like this in, in Syria ever for anything, for any event. So I said, what is going on? What's going on here? Why are there so many people next to the shrine of Zainab, the daughter of Ali? And they said that today is the 10th of Muharram or Arba'in. Now that, that that's because of my memory. I don't remember, but the video is online and you can actually see it. And he said, I said to myself, subhanAllah, you know, he said, I, I said to, 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 to the audience sitting there, I said, I started speaking to Muawiyah. And I said, Muawiyah, one day out of this city, you ruled the entire world, basically. You, you had an iron fist and you went around destroying every person who stood in front of you. And, and you know, I have a lecture on the biography of Muawiyah, though the biography of Muawiyah is not really discussed of how he appeared and how he ate and how he spent his day and, and what he did. I, I tried to cover that as much as I can. Uh, so he, he actually plugged his beard. Uh, he, 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 he had a long dress. And this is obviously out of uh, the, 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 the Sunni historians that, that, that portray Muawiyah to us of how he wanted to become a sultan, uh, a shah, a king uh, figure, of, uh, and, and not so much of a caliph, of, of a prophet. So he had a long dress. He obviously was so obese that he could not stand and deliver a sermon. He had to sit down. He was the very first person to start praying the Friday prayers on Wednesday. That's not what I want to talk about. He said one day, you were the most powerful man alive in the city. Today, nobody knows who your grave, where your grave is. Look at the grave of the daughter of Ali. The man who you cursed for 70 years from every pulpit. Look at his daughter. 
this daughter that was paraded from city to city, that was impoverished, that was basically she lost everything and everybody that she had. She, I, you know, she survived because she was the daughter of Ali. She survived because she was, she grew up in the house of Ali ibn Abi Talib, who basically looked at an army of, 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 of an ocean of an army of people. And he said, if you all face me with your swords drawn at me, I would not turn my back to you. I would face every single one of you. She was the daughter of the man who, uh, you know, single-handedly won Badr, Uhud, and Khaybar. Because she was brave, because she was steadfast, she survived. She was the, the granddaughter of the Prophet Muhammad. But he said, that moment woke me up. It made me go and study the life of Zainab, Hussein. And he said, I realized I was lied to my entire life. Hussein didn't just, you know, uh, grow old and die. Hussein was massacred. And for me, when I first went to Damascus, I haven't been to Egypt, unfortunately, and I plan to do so. In fact, it was almost going to happen before COVID um, because I actually would love to visit a Sayyidina Nafisa bint al-Hassan in Egypt as well. I'm actually fascinated by her biography. I've given lectures about her. I don't think anybody else has. Um, so I do definitely want to visit those, those shrines. But specifically, Damascus, when you go there, you kind of feel that, you know, especially when you go and you visit the three-year-old Ruqayya or Fatima al-Sughra, uh, in Damascus, you, you feel that. You feel that here, justice won over injustice. Even though in that moment, everybody thought Hussein and his camp and his woman were absolutely annihilated. They will never be remembered. They're absolutely gone forever. Today, that city just shows how God can work in mysterious ways and, 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 and allow truth to prevail not far away than you look at Karbala and the 20 million, 16 million, 15 million. Even if you decrease the number in half and say 10, 5 million, 5 million pilgrims all honor Hussein who was annihilated on that day. And every person who says Hussein along the side, alongside his name, they remember Zainab. It's quite fascinating. So I definitely loved going to visit Zainab, even though I personally, my research, as much as I research, and, and the further I research, I believe that she's buried in, in Egypt. So do many other scholars, but there is something very special there, very special, very serene, very real when you, when you go there and, 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 and you, you get to her shrine. Uh, so I definitely, I, I understand where you're coming from, uh, and and, and I, I, I know for a fact that once you get there, once you stand in front of those two shrines or in, in those two shrines of Sayyidah Zainab and Ruqayya, there is something very special, very special there I cannot describe. You know, the Iranians have a, a very beautiful line of poetry. Obviously, it's a very, uh, very uh, uh, Shi'i, uh, staunch Shi'i kind of line of poetry. But it does make sense in some ways. Uh, he says, I've been to Mecca and I've been to Medina and I've been to every uh, holy shrine. 
but there is no place for me like Main al-Haramain, which is the bay between the shrine of Abbas and Hussein. And, and I tell you, uh, it's not that we would say, well, hajj is wajib, hajj for, for Muslims is mandatory. But it's because there, when you stand there between those two shrines, there is so much history. Mm. Is this where Akbar fell? Is this where Abbas fell? Is this where Qasim was? Is this where Hur came to seek repentance? Uh, you know, all the story, every bit, every every bit of that land just gives you so much memories. You know, so many memories, and uh, and it's it's you feel it. I don't know how to describe it to you, but you feel this enormous power that cannot be described in words when you are actually Bain al-Haramain on that, standing on that soil. Similarly, when you go to Damascus, is it possible that Zainab was paraded here one day and she was taken as a captive? Is it possible that, you know, here stood the, the most powerful and arrogant man uh, and she threatened him? She was not afraid of him. There's this woman that has seen her whole family beheaded, but yet she is not threatened. She's not afraid, not even a bit. And she speaks of the uh, of what will happen to you know this whole revolution next, and, and she foresees the future. So definitely, when you do visit such cities, there's so much to be um, remembered. I, I think that um, everything you said could also apply to the, the grave of Lady Fatima in the sense that, and this was a question I think that did come up earlier, you mentioned, in the sense that it seems that because of a, n a number of powerful people, she was pushed to the side. But, but she reminds me of Lady Maryam in the, in the Holy Quran who says, um, who at the moment of the birth of Isa says, would that I had died before this, would that I had become a thing forgotten. And peculiarly, she becomes the most remembered woman, Lady Maria, you know, that, that Mary, Mary is, is remembered and her name is known. Well, in a way, Fatima hiding her grave and attempting to obliterate that has done nothing at all to obliterate her. The spirit lives on. And even if one can't find the actual place and say, I'm standing right now at the grave of the Lady Fatima. Even if one can't do that because of the destructive behavior of some people, her spirit is there and, and, and is close. And, and, and it's the same for me with Lady Zenith, that you, that at the end, if you can't find the grave, we leave that to God. But See, what she, I, is, she is the aunt that of, of of Lady Zainab, the spirit of Lady Fatima. And that is more important for the world. Most people will never go to these graves anyway, but the spirit can be shared by everybody. Only that, that, that I, I genuinely believe that people who are profoundly religious can live at peace with each other. I've never seen any reason why they can't. Um, and that, that little dialogues like this may seem insignificant, but they're not. They really are little steps towards people of faith who have a common faith in, a, in, a, in one God, people of faith journeying towards a world that is infinitely better than the world we're inhabiting at the moment. We change it centimeter by centimeter, but every single centimeter is a change. So I hope that these dialogues continue to promote that sort of interreligious harmony. How many stories 
and I'm speaking to my audience, have we heard and read of Imam Ali who sat in the whole journey with this Jewish man uh, and they had this prolonged dialogue and, uh, you know, they split apart when, you know, when, 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 when their ways are splitting and one goes to Kufa and the other one continues his journey. And then they, they asked him, do you know who this man was who, who was just sitting next to you? And he said, no, I don't know. He said, well, this is Ali, Ali ibn Abi Talib, who is actually going to uh, go to Kufa because he's the Khalifa and he's, uh, he's going to be leading the community from there. Not once did Imam Ali say to this man, convert. I'm, you know, I am Ali ibn Abi Talib. Uh, not once uh, did, uh, you know, when, when, when things were, uh, and you know this very well, when things had gone so bad for Imam Ali where they didn't give him money from Bayt al-Mal or, or, uh, or uh, they seized Fedek, he would have to actually borrow money from non-Muslims. Amongst them were actually some Jewish merchants in Medina. And I don't think ever the Prophet or Imam Ali told them to convert. Like you said, rightfully said, uh, our respected father, our professor, our teacher, we're not here to convert each other. We are here to better understand one another. Uh, the honorable guest that we have has spent time to research the fascinating life of Our Lady Fatima to Zahra. We are here to learn from him and benefit from his presence and be inspired by him. And I call on to you, brothers and sisters, now at the end of this show, to please do the same. If you want to know about other faiths, like our respected guest said, do not use social media, Twitter battles, and and, uh, and, and, and other places to seek information. Make sure that you understand other faiths because you will grow to respect them and honor them. And we will then be able to live in harmony and peace amongst one another, just like the Holy Quran wants us to live, just like the Ahlul Bayt want us to live. Um, if we don't know one another, if we don't study one another, if we don't have dialogues with one another, uh, there will not we will not achieve peace so you know i i remind myself and i gently remind everybody that all of these people we've been talking about lady zainab lady fatima hussein zain al-abidin these are human beings like us flesh and blood like ours yes of course we know that they share in a very particular gift of god and a very particular um, um Moments of doubt, moments of fear, moments of great courage, moment when they're not, moments when they may not be sure what to do next. They go through the same moral battles that we do, having to make choices every day about lifestyle, about what philosophy I'm going to follow, what things are going to shape my day and shape my life. And that is why they are such good models for us, that they're just like us in so many ways. And, and so I, I regularly look to Lady Zainab and to Lady Fatima, to Hussein as well, Zainal Abedin. I regularly look to them and think, well, you know, that, that they, they had the same moral problems that we have today. They faced the same problems in a different way, perhaps, but the same problems that we face today. And they had to make the same choices that I have to make. And they made the right choices. That These things, making the right choice, living the right way is quite possible. It's not impossible to serve God faithfully and to obey him. It's hard but it's not impossible and they show us the way. So they are like lanterns for me. 
that that help to light the path a little because it's always easy to find your way in the daylight than in the night time and al husayn masbah al huda wa safinatu najati as the prophet muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wasallam said uh father we would like to end uh, this session with a prayer so please go ahead so we turn to god who is the creator of us all and who has made us to know him to serve him to love him and to be happy one day in the world to come and we pray that tonight each one of us may be blessed by becoming just a little more just a little more righteous in the way we live a little more careful in the choices we make a little more prudent in the things we say and do so that more and more we model ourselves on on the lives of the great men and women that God has placed before us as models and we make this prayer with great confidence to him because we know that he is the god who created us and who cares for us and who loves us amen and i am me thank you very much father once again uh i i i don't know how to thank you it's it's been an amazing amazing session uh but uh the least we can do is pray for your health uh for you to stay safe and i hope that after this pandemic uh i'll either host you in qom or uh or 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 uh, or possibly karbala and uh and, and and visit you in in rome certainly as soon as this covid is finished life will begin again for us thank you sir thank you for being with us thank you and enjoy the rest you of all. your evening assalamu alaikum wa alaikum assalam god bless you god bless you too